presented by Amazon. Hey, good morning, playbookers. I'm Roguman of All In. It's Friday. And if you aren't paying attention to the Insta account, dear white staffers, well, you might need to change that. This is your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. Hill watchers have known for months that Representative Pramila Jayapal wants to move up the ladder. This morning, Politico Sarah Ferris and Nicholas Wu have the story. According to more than a dozen lawmakers, Jayapal has been working the phones to lay the groundwork for a potential leadership run, and has left some with the impression that she could challenge a fellow progressive, Assistant Speaker Catherine Clark, for a job. Jayapal's move stands in stark contrast to the almost frozen postures of others expected to make plays up the ladder after the midterms. Technically, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, and Majority Whip Jim Clyburn have yet to announce whether they plan to stay or vacate their posts next year. And because of that, most Democrats fear overt leadership campaigning could undermine their authority and be considered overstepping. Jaipal's moves have peeved some colleagues who say it's premature to jockey for leadership while the majority is still in jeopardy. But the news is certainly a reminder of the leadership vacuum that likely awaits Democrats next winter if, as many expect, the top three retire. On Thursday, an RNC Resolution Committee unanimously approved a formal censure of Representatives Liz Cheney and Adam Kissinger, who serve on the House Committee investigating January 6th. The measure, which originally called for their expulsion from the House GOP conference, is expected to get the full approval of the RNC today, report David Siders and Natalie Allison. But it's more than just censure. The Washington Post reports that a deal brokered by Chair Ronna McDaniel will allow the RNC to financially support Harriet Hageman in her bid to oust Cheney, potentially paving the way for the National Party to, quote, send money, volunteers, data, and other things to the Wyoming GOP, which could then send the resources to use against Cheney. McDaniel also declined to say whether she would campaign personally against Cheney. Cheney responded by going straight at Donald Trump. She said in a statement Thursday night, quote, The leaders of the Republican Party have made themselves willing hostages to a man who admits he tried to overturn a presidential election and suggests he would pardon January 6th defendants, some of whom have been charged with seditious conspiracy. Reporting from the RNC's meeting in Utah, NBC's Peter Nicholas and Alan Smith write that, quote, A distinct chasm is emerging between Trump's obsessions and the issues many GOP operatives consider crucial to winning the midterm elections in November. They are loath to antagonize Trump and possibly drive off his hardcore followers. Yet in interviews, party officials showed little appetite for organizing the GOP around Trump's grievances. If you work on Capitol Hill, you've probably have heard about Dear White Staffers. It's an Instagram account that started as a place where aides of color on the Hill, a place dominated by white lawmakers and staff, could express their frustrations. But it's expanded beyond that to become a go-to hub where anonymous staffers name and shame bad bosses and colleagues and complain about absurdly long workdays, gender discrimination allegations, generally toxic workplace behavior, and salary solo, they rely on food stamps to eat. It's a reminder of, well, it's a reminder of a lot of things, including the lack of a strong centralized human resources department on Capitol Hill. Each office kind of operates as its own little fiefdom, setting pay and employment standards. That's usually not to the benefit of staff, who have few places to turn when they have problems. For what it's worth, if you are a Hill staffer with a story, you can always call us here at Playbook. Pro tip though, if you're going to send something sensitive, Instagram? Really? Come on. After Speaker Nancy Pelosi dodged a question about a potential unionization push by Hill staffers during her weekly press conference, her deputy chief of staff, Drew Hamill, said Pelosi would support such an effort. Do you support staffer attempts to unionize here in Congress? Well, we just unionized at the DCCC and I supported that. Yeah, I supported that. 
a unionization push on Capitol Hill would be quite something. Staffers are routinely asked to work long hours with no overtime and menial salaries, and though it's long been considered something of a rite of passage, attitudes are changing and expectations have evolved. That said, we have to wonder how this would play out in a Republican-controlled Congress and how it would even work, given that each office operates as its own entity. Stay tuned because, well, this conversation is only just starting. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 9.30 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will receive the President's Daily Brief. At 10.45, Biden will deliver remarks on the January Jobs Report. At 2 p.m., Biden will deliver remarks and sign an executive order on project labor agreements at Ironworkers Local 5 in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, with Vice President Kamala Harris and Labor Secretary Marty Walsh also speaking. At 5.30, Biden will leave the White House for Wilmington, Delaware, arriving at 6.25. Press Secretary Jen Psaki will brief at 11.45 a.m. The House will meet at 9 a.m. with last votes at 3 p.m. The Senate is out today. Alright, one last thing before we get out of here. Here's a riddle for you. What does the Supreme Court and Mount Everest have in common? There were four or five Did people. you know what a Sherpa was? Yeah, because I saw it for Alito and Roberts. Yeah, you know, right. I was on the other side, side of it yeah. for two pretty high-profile um, justices. Trying to get the Sherpa to fall down the mountain, yes. so to speak. <laughs> Where we were trying to filibuster. Playbooks Ryan Lizza talks with SCOTUS Sherpa and strategist Stephanie Cutter about the potential strategy Democrats can take to confirm Biden's Supreme Court nominee. Listen and follow Playbook Deep Dive wherever you get your podcasts. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Playbook's editor is Mike Zappler. Jenny Ament is the senior producer of audio here at Politico. I'm Raghu and Have a great weekend. We'll see you first thing Monday morning. The federal minimum wage has been stuck at $7.25 an hour since 2009. In the same time, food and beverage costs have increased 18%, transportation costs up 16%, housing costs up 23%, and medical costs up 32%. In 2018, Amazon introduced a starting wage of at least $15 an hour for all U.S. employees. A new, independent study found that Amazon's wage increase produced a 2.6% increase in the average hourly wage among other employers in the same market. Learn more at aboutamazon.com slash 15.